Take a girl and a guy, and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I am Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on a Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 25 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we are celebrating dads. It's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, daddies. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. And, um, you know, we did a celebration for Mother's Day, and so we thought it was, it'd be very appropriate to uh, celebrate fathers as well. Yeah. So you get to be in the hot seat now. I am uh, going to be on the hot seat. <laughs> and there'll be a few treats from your dad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that'll be something. And right. a friend of yours from high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My microphone's a little weird right here. Okay, go ahead. You know, I think about you becoming a dad. Mm-hmm. And you became a dad in several ways. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about that. Okay. What was it like when you uh, first met me or seriously started dating me and I had a child? Well, you. It- you know, in the beginning, it was always, there was a, a big concern, obviously, because, you know, I was 24 at the time, and uh, you had a, a an eight-year-old at the time, nine, eight or nine, nine. 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 And um, so, you know, to be serious in a relationship like that, it was not just you know, a, a couple relationship, but you really have to now take into consideration, you know, the kid and that this is a serious, you know, connection that's being made. And, you know, you can't really look at the relationship from a very casual perspective. So, um, that was a really difficult thing for me to wrestle and to figure out you know, on my own to be like, well, is this something that I'm willing to embark on? Because if I wasn't willing to go into this, you know, seriously, that it's not just casual dating, but seriously, we are going to be, you know, potentially moving forward as, as a family, then I wasn't going to, you know, I, I wasn't going to go and, 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 you know, start on the relationship. And you had never been a father before. No. And you were stepping into a full-time role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally mm. full-time role. Like you're the guy dropping him off at school. Yep. <laughs> I remember that. What was that like for you? 
uh, it, it was, you know, it felt good to be able to be that person to, you know, to be there for him. Um, one of the things that was important to me was making sure that he could count on me, that if I said I was going to do something, then I was going to do that, you know, and that I wasn't going to give him any empty promises at all. So I wanted, you know, him to know that I was going to be dependable. Why was that important to you? Well, you know, I saw that his biological father was not dependable at all. And, you know, he was let down a lot by him. You know, he'd say he'd show up and he doesn't show up or shows up late or, you know, just you really didn't know what to count on. So I didn't want to be another person, another guy in his life that was going to do the same thing. If we talk about fatherhood in general and the people we've worked with who's has that father wound, mm -hmm. right? I think that's a big part of it, the not showing up. For sure. The waiting, the anticipation, the letdown, the continuous opening of your heart to someone who is the adult and totally disregards that is a very painful wound. So I don't know how you knew that so young, you know, and not having been a father, but you nailed it. I, I think that is such an important thing. No matter what happens, being able to count on someone in this world, I think it's it's really big. Well, some somewhere inherently I knew that <clears throat> that that was uh, really important, you know, to role model. So much so that, you know, when when I went to go pick out your the the engagement ring, I brought him with because I wanted him to be part of that process. Right. And also in our honeymoon, you know, we brought him along as well. You know, I didn't want him to think that now he's being pushed aside, especially since, you know, you being a single mom, he was, you know, very much part of your life. And so for me to step into the picture, it would create this sense of competition, you know, for your attention. And abandonment. And abandonment and rejection. And, you know, I didn't inherently somewhere inside, you know, I knew that I didn't want to cause that or be a part of that. Let's talk about when you found out I was pregnant. Yeah, that was uh, quite a shocker. I mean, I, I think that you had you had taken a test, mm -hmm. and it was it was negative, and so then you were going to take another one, and I thought it was just going to be negative again, right? And then you said it was positive, and I was like, I, I don't think I said anything. I don't know if I. It, it was <clears throat> like this 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 shock of reality, you know, hitting me. That's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be like, I'm going to have a little, little baby, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and like everything that goes along with that, you know, and we had just, we, we had just moved into our, our house and we, I think I just started a new job. I think. Probably. Yeah, I did. Yeah. So things oh, we were, were doing the paper routes. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> in in addition to working. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if I was still working at the hospital or I was working in community health at that point. Yeah. So, you know, we were, and we're newlyweds. So it was just kind of a boom. Now, now we are dealing with added stress and change in our life. So it was, um, yeah, it's kind of a blur. Yeah, I was just period. counting out. It, we got engaged seven months after we started dating, which I think seems pretty quick in this day and age. But I, I personally felt like you're doing the job. Yeah, and we were a family, and I wanted you to have the title. I wanted you to have the full. Um, and not just be a fiance, right, or a boyfriend, <laughs> or something like that, because. Right. You know, and w with a kid, you you are an instant family, and you and you do. That child will also deal with the process of it falling apart too, which right. would be painful for them. And so that was important to me because I know when we got engaged, we were like going to wait like another year, and then we got married a couple months after we got engaged. We got engaged in September. September we got married in February. In February, right? And we found out we were pregnant in December, right mm -hmm. before the wedding, right. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about the day. Uh, well, I, I just wanted to say that, yeah. you know, we originally we were going to get married a year after we got engaged, but then we said, there, said like, what, why, right? Why are we going to wait a year mm -hmm. yeah. when is it just because that's what everybody does? You know, it's like the standard you get engaged and you wait a year and then, you, and, and we were just kind of like, this is, I mean, there's no point in waiting. So let's, let's do that. Let's get let's married. Do right this. Away. Yeah. Because we were already doing the job as a family. Yeah. You know, it's not like we needed that transition period, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so let's talk about the day that I went into labor. What was it like for you? I, I know I was, I was about to walk out the door for uh, work. Yeah. I, I was going to start a morning shift and so yeah, I was at the hospital at that time. I was working at the hospital. Mm, yeah. yeah. So and then you came into the kitchen. You're like, oh, my water broke, and I was like, I picked up the phone. I called the hospital. I was like, it's go time. I gotta go. <laughs> you gotta cover my shift. I gotta go. You know, I was like kind of frantic. You I were. Guess. <laughs> yeah. And then you know go back and then drive into the hospital. And I mean, you were fine because it wasn't, it wasn't like, in labor yet. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, you know, being at the, at the hospital, it was kind of like, it was slow going. Nothing was happening. Yeah. So that was like six 30 in the morning. We probably got to the hospital around 10 cause we had to drop Alec off. Oh yeah. Wow. And get I was driving in that state, <laughs> in that state of mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, you were driving from Arlington Heights to Park Ridge. Evanston. It wasn't, well, it was Skokie. Skokie. It was Skokie. Yeah. So that was like a, you know, 45 minute drive or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, with a stop. Anyway. Surprised you could drive. You were so nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess it was a good thing that, you know, things did not progress until later that afternoon. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because 
you know, it took some time for me to just kind of calm down and really just start to let it settle in that it was that today was the day. And then when he was born, rather violently, I should say, (laughs) um, it was it was so surreal, you know, having him kind of sleep on a chest and you know, it was uh just to say like, oh, I'm a dad. Yeah. Yeah. That's that was that's something that's something huge. And know? we didn't find out the gender, you know, we waited. No. no. Yep. Right. So we didn't know if, you know, he was gonna be a boy or girl coming out and Surprise, surprise, he was a boy, and and uh, it's been a pleasure being a dad and a stepdad. What are some of your favorite memories of being a dad and a stepdad? So, you know, for the first six months, um, the, I, the hospital that I was working at was being, was changing in ownership, and so I left that job. And so that first six months that he was born, I stayed home with him. Yeah. Cause I went back to work after like two weeks. Yeah. And there was, there were some times I remember, you know, he, him being in the backseat and I, this is a little bit, actually, this is a little bit older. So he, he was facing forward and not backward. Okay. But we would, we would go on drives and we would go places and run errands and things. And we would, you know, crank up the music and we'd be singing, you know, or I'd be singing and, you know, he'd be having a great time. He's laughing and things like that. So that was, that was uh, a lot of fun. Um, You know, with, with Alec (laughs) taking him to hockey that was something that, you know, I did a lot of mm-hmm. um, taking yeah. him to hockey and connecting and you had with played him. Hockey. And I played hockey. And so, you know, that was always, that was when we did travel and taking him to different travel, you know, games and things like that. I think there were times that you didn't, you weren't able to make it for some reason, right? Maybe you Probably were working with, or something. Yeah. Um, and you know, those times of just being with the boys separately or even together with them, that, that was, those are some fun memories. And they might, might've been just like traveling for some type of sport or traveling to do some type of like errand, you know, but it, it was still meaningful. It was still fun to be, you know, together. I would also count that you have two more people that you have fathered. Okay. So Angela, our daughter-in-law who lived with us for a while at, at a fairly young age. What's your feeling about that of fathering someone that isn't in that traditional category? Well, I remember, I, I remember taking Angie out to dinner. And, you know, just to kind of, to bond. And and I said, you know, uh, Angie, I don't know how to be a dad to a girl. So, you know, I've had boys and I've been raising them, but I don't know how to do this. So just want to let you know that I might joke around with you or, 
you know, for a while I would like jump out, you know, into the hallway and scare her. You did scare her a lot. I, <laughs> you know, but just because that's the stuff you do with boys, you know, and I didn't really. No, you only did it to Angie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was uh, a very rich part of our lives, I think, to parent her i mean she was an adult but at the same time mm -hmm. we were able to nurture her and help her you know get get going in the world which was it's daughters are nice there's a different bond that you know the boys kind of take more she gives more yeah which is kind of nice yeah um and then eric my nephew your nephew came and lived with us for a year yeah yeah, and that was, you know, it, it and still is. It's a great relationship, you know, having with with your nephew, and as much stronger relationship with him than you have than I have with any of your other nephews. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, he, he's a he's just a great kid. I say kid, but he's an adult now. But it was really great to see him kind of, you know, grow up and kind of take on this responsibility of being a, an adult and you know for him to kind of connect with us in in that kind of son way which was it was really uh, an awesome experience yeah you know and now that we're empty nesters i think there's just a lot of pride to watch them do what they're doing in the world yeah they've taken flight which, you know, now you're at a whole nother level, Grandpa. No. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How is that, becoming a grandpa? I don't really know yet. Yeah, a baba. Yeah, I don't really know yet. It's kind of, uh, it's still kind of new. So I don't really know how to, what role to be and how to be, you know. And, and it it doesn't help that we are you know, there's a distance, you know, between where we're at in Colorado and them in DC. It's just, uh, it's tough. You know, if we were seeing them more frequently, then I think maybe I'd be able to figure that role out a lot quicker. I don't know. Well, I think that she will, you know, as she grows up mm -hmm. and we'll have her a lot longer as a, a person, yeah. a baby, yeah. you know, it's hard to bond with a baby. Right through phone and video chat. Although that's what we're about to do right now is we're going to do some video chat with our kids. And then we are going to interview some other people, which you guys will hear in a second for us. It'll be a couple hours, but happy father's day to all the dads out there. And I think the important thing about a father in a child's life is the shaping of their self-esteem. And if you're a dad, do not underestimate the influence you're having on someone. It it might not, not always seem that way, because especially if the mom's doing a lot of the parenting of raising them, it is so important. My dad's been gone for 23 years already. Wow. It's a long time. That's a long time. Yep. And and the there's always that little thought hmm. of him here and there. Yep. Oh, oh, throughout all that time, it never stops. And, you know, dads have a great influence on their children. 
either a great wound or a great help either way. Very, very important. And, you know, if you're disconnected from your kids, do your best to get over it. They need you no matter how old they are. And thanks for being the father of my children. It was a pleasure. It still is. <laughs> and so now you're going to hear from all right. Hey, Chris. Long hey, time no see. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Miss you guys. Yeah. Miss you guys, too. Yeah. Thanks for being uh, on our podcast today. A uh, special episode about Father's Day. And how do you sure. guys know each other? We went to high school together. Yeah. So you guys did the dad experience kind of at the same time, parallel. Kind, kind of. Kind yeah. Of. yeah we hey, when, when did you become a dad? Uh, 2003. 2003. Right, 2003. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we had Dean in 98. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can can you tell us how you found out you were going to be a dad? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It was it was definitely a little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, Susan and I had been married um not even not even a year really. And uh um, you know, we were just kind of uh, living downtown, doing our thing. Um, I was working um, in the loop and she was um, finishing up her second year of medical school. And, uh, you know, we, uh, it was probably June, uh, May or June, uh, or maybe even July of that uh, summer of 2002. And we were, you know, because of the weather's nice, it's the summer in Chicago, we, we take nightly walks and, you know, just one particular night we're, we're going for a walk around our, our, our condo. And, you know, she kind of slows down and, and, you know, says, uh, Hey, I'm, I'm pregnant. And, uh, <laughs> you know, a little, little bit of a shock cause we weren't, uh, you know, we weren't necessarily uh, trying, uh, per se, cause obviously again, she was, uh, kind of focused on, on getting through medical school and, and, you know, I was just starting off in my career. So, a uh, little, little bit of a shock, but you know, all in all, a, a good surprise. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you know, it, it took a little while for it to kind of sink in. Um, but uh, you know, once it sank in, it was, it was, uh, you know, an amazing feeling. Uh, you know, the excitement. Uh, I mean, there was some concern about the unknown. You know, what, how's it going to work? What's going to happen? You know what's going to happen with uh, you know her future career. How is that going to impact her? Um, you know how can I help her out uh, in that regard? And you know what that's what that's going to look like for us. But uh, you know we we managed obviously, and and day by day we took it. And uh, you know now we're in theory on the on the tail end of this childbearing journey, so to speak, uh, uh, with uh, you know our younger son being uh, in high school and, and our daughter being now in college. Um, you know, there's quote unquote, that light of the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess is, is one way to put it. Um, but it's, uh, it's been, been, been definitely fun. What was the, um, the day she was born? What was that like for you? Um, it was, uh, again, more shock because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, now it's, and again, we were pretty young at the time, uh, in our mid twenties and, uh, uh, just, wow, she's here. Um, and uh you know very exciting uh just you know i, I think for uh, every parent it just kind of 
you know, your child just kind of immediately wraps you around their hand or their finger and, and you're just, you're just brought in, right? Uh, uh, this amazing little being is now just the center of your, of your universe, you know, and, and you wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, so it's a, you know, it's an amazing feeling. You know, it's uh, it's hard to explain to, to, to those who aren't parents, um, but you know, for those who are, you 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 can kind of look at each other and you know, kind of nod, and you know, they understand what you're thinking and feeling, and and you understand how they're thinking and feeling. Uh, there's nothing like it. You know, when I work with um, men, a lot of times I have them define what it means to be a good father, a good husband, and a good man in this world. Was there anything that was important to you that you wanted to impart upon your kids growing up? Um, you know, you, you want to impart a lot of different things. Uh, you, you, hope, you hope that you impart, um, you know, your faith, your, your beliefs, um, you know, your, your morals, uh, your value system. Um, you know, you, you want to uh in theory kind of steer them uh away from the mistakes that you make uh or you know possibly make better choices hopefully um and at the end of the day you know i, I think most parents just want to make sure that their 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 children know that they're there to love them and support them no matter what uh that they should uh you know go off and and you know do their thing uh, at, at whatever age it may be um, and, and recognize that, uh, you know, home with their parents is a, is a safe place to be. Um, and they can always come back and, uh, you know, find respite, find advice, uh, and, uh, you know, find the, um, rest and the strength that they need to, to, you know, go back out, you know, the next day and, and do what they have to do. Was it different, um, in raising a girl versus a boy, because we only have boys, we didn't have that dual experience. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, two different challenges, certainly, um, and uh, especially being a dad, I guess, um, and raising a daughter. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, I think from a from a baseline perspective, you approach it, uh, you know, uh, from a very similar standpoint. Um, but recognizing that, you know, that the daughter is going to go through things that are different than the son, and the son's going to go through different things than the daughter, um, and and so trying to tailor, um, you know, their their upbringing and 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 raising to to encounter and, and challenge. Uh, those challenges and 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 make sure that uh, they're well equipped for those things. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely very different. What was the most rewarding experience that you've had as a dad, and the most challenging? Um, rewarding. Um, I don't know if I could say that there's been a most rewarding thing per se. Um, you know, every day, uh, to me is, um, you know, a joy, uh, with my children. Um, and, you know, it's obviously different with my daughter who, 
you know, is away at school or, you know, she's away, um, you know, at, at a summer internship right now. So I don't get to see her as much uh, as I could. But, uh, you know, when I talk to her and, and see how much uh, she continues to grow and learn and develop and, and you know, continue to become uh, this amazing person in the world, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's uh, any parent's joy. Um, and, and same for my son, um, obviously uh, in a different realm and, and he's at home and, and even seeing him on a daily basis, but, but watching him grow and, and learn and, and again, develop uh, all those same things. Um, you know, those it's, it's a reward that, that kind of keeps on giving really, um, you know, and, and, um, I recognize that at some point in time, you know, I won't be able to see them every single day or. I won't be able to talk to them every single day, but, uh, you know, I know that, uh, you know, uh, as they move off into the world, maybe even raise their own families and, and things like that, that, uh, I, I can, I'll be rewarded with, you know, whatever, uh, happens in the future, uh, with their lives, um, you know, and, and, and watching them navigate and, and, and become the people that they're meant to become. How often do you talk to your daughter? Um, these days, it's a few times a week, um, and she's actually not that far. She's she's in downtown Chicago uh, for her internship, <laughs> uh, and so, uh, which is ironic because when when she goes off to school and uh, she's in uh, outside of Boston uh, during the school year, uh, we probably talk to her almost every day. Um, mm. You know, maybe. Uh, Four, five, four, five, six times a week, give or take. So that's always an interesting thing to me that, you know, there's no rule of how often you call back yeah. your parents yeah. or your parents call you. And there we know people who talk multiple times a day. Mm -hmm. And then pe people that feel obligated to talk every day, or <laughs> some people do once a week or once every other week. So it's kind of interesting. And when you yeah. talk to people, they're like, no, this is how you do it. Like, well, this just made up. As I was just curious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely, I mean, when, when she first went off to college, we, we, I mean, and again, obviously technology makes it so different than, than we, when we were in school, uh, my parents were lucky if they got a phone call a, a, a semester. Um, right. You know. <laughs> but <laughs> you that's know, like, the, boys are like that. They don't right. call well, them. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. That's, <laughs> that's so true you guys, too. you guys were your son's age when you guys were hanging out. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah. Cause, uh, Ray was driving and I wasn't, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, we, we talk quite a bit, uh, again, FaceTime and, and even, you know, texting, uh, makes it so much easier just to keep in touch and Hey, how, how are things going? And, you know, what's going on in your world? Did you, did you eat today? <laughs> you know, did you go to classes, you know, what's going on? Uh, yeah, that's been helpful for us. We have a group text where, you know, we share pictures and yeah. stuff that keeps you, you know, you know what's going on in their life, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it does make it much easier to to remain connected and remain a part of life. So I, I'm I'm definitely grateful grateful for technology to to allow us to uh, have that access and opportunity. And and again, when you know, when I don't hear from her for a few days, it's it's fine. You know, I know that she's busy. 
um, you know, I, I would like to, you know, see the occasional text or I'll text her, you know, and just say, hey, how you doing? Just checking in, just making sure you're okay. Um, you know, just to make sure that uh, uh, she is okay. So. What advice would you give new fathers today? <laughs> yeah, that's that's. <laughs> um, there's no there's no one right way to raise your child. Um, you know, and I, I think uh, you know eventually people will figure it out. Um, and uh, you know, and it's okay to to reach out and ask questions and, and lean on you know those who have you know gone before you and things like that. Um, but, you know, not get too hung up on, am I doing it right? You know, don't, don't create that. I think that's a self-created anxiety that all parents uh, put upon themselves. Um, and, uh, you know, as long as, uh, you know, the child is, you know, loved and, and uh, you know, just adored, um, I, I don't think there's, there's really any wrong thing that you can do, uh, per se. What's a favorite memory that you have with each of your kids? Oh, <laughs> um, uh, there's so many. Um, for my son, um, the, I mean, there's again, there's there's plenty of memories that that come along. Um, I, I love watching them together, um, and um, you know, ever since they were little, they're they're five years apart. So, um, there is that age gap, um, and in some regards, they they kind of, you know, they kind of take uh, take care of each other, you know, so to speak. Especially now that they're a little bit older, um, you know, and and I, I like that. Um, and we were we were traveling in France last year, last summer, uh, for a family trip, uh, and I remember we were just. Uh, walking through the streets of i think bordeaux and uh, the kids were walking uh, ahead of, of susan and myself and uh, you know even at the age of you know, at the time they were 19 and 14 you know they're holding hands just walking down the street um, and i like that right i like i like the fact that they can um they're there together for each other um and you know, in some regard, it, it makes you feel better because at least you know that, you know, the two of them can navigate this world together and they, they have each other to lean on. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's simple. It's, you know, maybe even slightly corny, but, you know, it's. Uh, it's real. Uh, yeah, it's real. It really is. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that was important to us. Well, Chris, we want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today and offering your insights on being a dad. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me. This was fun. It's good to see you. It's good to, good see, to you. see you as well. Yeah. Have a good one. Well, Calvin, thanks for being on our special episode podcast about Father's Day. Great. Happy to be here. <laughs> happy Father's Day to all you guys out there. And happy Father's Day to you. Thank you. Hey, so, you know, wanted to ask you, first off, how did you find out that you were going to be a dad? And when was that? Like, what year was that? 
So it was around 2007 in the fall. And uh, at the time we were trying to have children um, and we, you know, we were doing the whole, we were unsuccessful for a little bit. And so we started doing the whole, you know, monitoring cycles and whatnot. And uh, sooner or later we, you know, got pregnant and that was that. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like a plan thing, but it was kind of a little bit of a struggle to actually conceive. Um, so that was in 2008. That was my, my daughter, Kira. She's now 14, uh, almost 15. And then uh, Kira, same thing, basically. I'm sorry, Cameron, same thing. She's uh, 12, going on 13. So that was in 2010 when she was born. So it's the same thing. Okay. And what was your reaction, the first reaction when you found out? You know, the first time I was told or found out, it was, um, I was pretty excited. You know, I was pretty excited. Uh, again, it didn't really hit me till it was about a week before the due date that I was actually going to be a dad. And I saw these little baby clothes hanging, uh, <laughs> ready to be, you know, to be, that were washed and ready to be put on, the, on, on Kira before she was born, about a week before. And I remember feeling that moment going, oh my God, that's actually, it's actually going to fit a little person inside, <laughs> inside those clothes in, you know, God knows how many days, you know? So that was, um, that was, that's the, that's the moment I really felt it hit me as far as like actually going to be a parent, but finding out with the test and then the ultrasound that honestly didn't phase me as much as actually seeing those little clothes hanging on the, on the hanger. So yeah, that's, and I was a week before. So what, what was her birth like for you? Um, let's, let's see. It was exciting and uh, at the same time, a little bit stressful. I was actually worried more about uh, the, the mother and the child at the same time. Um, I, I honestly, for me, it didn't seem, it was surreal. I guess that's the, <laughs> it was the best way of uh, you know, expressing how I felt. It was surreal. I was you know, trying to be as supportive as I could, but I was literally powerless to do anything. You know, realistically, I was powerless. And that that was kind of, exciting but also very scary because i was uh, not able to contribute in any significant way that i knew at the time you know i was told later on that it, it was helpful but i think it was just you know kind of patting me on the back <laughs> oh yeah there's nothing helpful about it i think you're just trying to spare my feelings so yeah <laughs> but uh, that's that's how i felt is pretty 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 exciting but also pretty powerless in, in a certain way as a physician, have you, did you have to attend births? Oh, especially, yeah. Actually, I delivered, I delivered a couple of babies as a medical student. So, yeah. How is that now looking back of how you did as a supportive doctor versus yeah. a supportive husband? Yeah. Was it, was it actually helpful <laughs> to have the medical knowledge or, or not? You know, actually, I think, I think it was very helpful because I, I had a, it wasn't completely a subjective experience. Meaning, I had seen I had seen enough birthing uh, process, you know, birthing experiences like from good to to, to hard, the difficult, um, and so in one way it was very um, it was very how can I say objective <laughs> is all I can say 
you know, but it was also my child being born. So it was, I would, I would go back and forth, you know, sometimes I would think about the worst that could happen, but also like the elation of once the child was born and I was looking forward to holding the child, um, you know, for the first time. So yeah, that's, it was could you, Did you experience like the conscious bonding part of having her? Like holding her and feeling that connection form. I'm trying to think. I remember holding Kira and Cameron. It was the same. It was it was relatively similar in the experience. But holding Kira specifically as the firstborn, I remember holding that that child and thinking my life was completely different. Mm -hmm. Like it was it was not just about me anymore. You know, it was it was, it was I knew there was this whole world opening up to me you know, of parenthood that um, I, I, I could only imagine, you know, what it was, what kind of adventure would be like, but I, I just felt the, the solemn responsibility, the, um, the privilege of being a dad for my two girls um, at that moment. So I, in that way, yeah, yeah, I, I felt that uh, when she would put her, her, her hand around my pinky, and you could feel her squeeze on it for the first time. I remember that feeling as being, oh my gosh, you know, this is something so fragile and so precious. And yet, you know, like they completely dependent on, on, on people to take care of, of her, specifically the parents. So, yeah. Yeah. What's a favorite memory you have with each of them? So for Kira, I remember the first time she actually stood up in the playpen. She was supposed to sleep. And I remember kind of trying to peek in the door and I remember her standing up and looking at me. And that was the first time she actually was able to pull herself up and hold her side. And she was looking at me like, you know, get me up, let's go play. And I remember that specifically. So that's one of my fondest, earliest memories of Kira. And then with Cameron, I remember her trying to prop herself up on all fours to, to, to start getting the strength to crawl. And she was doing that in the diaper changing table. And she would just kind of rock back and forth like a little, uh, like a little hobby horse. <laughs> just, just, just trying to, to do that. I just remember her struggling. Like I remember her almost as if she was surprised that she was able to actually do that. And she was moving in a completely different way that she was normally used to doing, you know? that and rolling over. I remember that too. So those are some of the earliest fondest memories of them as, as uh, babies. Yeah. When I'm working with guys, I usually have them define what it means to be a good father, a good husband, a good man in this world. What are some of the important things that you wanted to impart upon your daughters throughout their childhood? You know, what are, what are the important salient things, you know, that were important for you? To be able to teach them. Uh, so for me specifically, I, I wanted them to feel that they were intelligent enough and strong enough to pretty much do anything they wanted. Uh, I've tried to do that with them on on every occasion I've had the opportunity to, um, and I love teaching them things and then letting them understand that they have to take in all the information. <laughs> But always make the decision ultimately on their own of whether that's good or bad. They, they'll feel it or not. 
and my method of doing things is just one way to consider, you know, and I try to give them the reasons on how to do it. And, but it's always basically, you know, trying to challenge and, and, and assess and then make their own decisions on it. Um, that's the only thing I can give them really is, is the self-confidence or the uh, empowerment to kind of really believe in themselves and they're doing a great job of it so far. So, yeah. What would be some of the biggest challenges that you faced in being a dad? Um, well, I mean, since I am a, a, a divorcee, I think the biggest challenge is the quality of time um, over the quantity of time with them. And I've, I've thought about this a lot. I've, I had to go through a lot of guilt on my own in that process. Um, but I think more so now, I realize that the situation is, I only have so much amount of time with them before that window closes where I can, I can really impart upon them um, positive experiences, strength, you know, that, that, that teach them. And so to me now, my time with them, I, I really, really try not to take my time with them for granted because it really, it, it's such a limited amount of time that I actually get, I get with them. And so I really try to make it um, as impactful as possible and as, and in a positive way as possible. But it takes a lot of patience too on, on their end and my end because you know, as teenagers now, you, you can see them really becoming their own their own persons and having their own opinions. And I, I like the challenge. I like the discussions now. You know, whereas before I, I you know, it was more of a, a very paternalistic kind of relationship where now it's more of a, you know, they, they're starting to think for themselves. And, and now I can actually express myself in, in deeper ways of, you know, considering this versus this, the values that I see. And, um, and, and they're actually understanding it more so as we move forward. So that's, uh, that's the challenge is, is getting the quality of time over quantity of time and, and being more um, deliberate in what I plan with them when we're together versus just kind of, you know, just taking it spontaneously, which is not bad all the time, but it does make me think, you know. If you could go back and talk to yourself at the point you found out that you were going to become a dad and today, what would you say to yourself back then? I think more, being more patient and uh, being more, I guess, caring, loving, just, just, just that in that, in that respect, I guess, just being more caring and loving when those moments that I had with them when they were younger. I think I did a good job overall, but you know, you can always do better. And uh, just showing them more love and affection. Cause you know, I'm a dad, they're my daughters and I love uh, cuddling with them, even though that's not, you know, they're, they're bigger now. So I don't get as much with that. But when they were younger, that was, that was my thing with them, you know, so. What advice would you give to new dads? Dads that have just got their first kid and Anything that you would impart upon them? I would say it sounds very cliche, but you only, you it, basically don't take things for granted. You know, cherish every moment with them because before you know it, it's gone. You know, before you know it, you're not, the, you're not the center of their life. They have friends, they have other interests outside of the family as they get older, which is a good thing. They get to grow, but also, it, you know, hurts a little bit. It hurts a little bit when you're not, you know, the center of attention anymore, but 
that's just the way life is. So yeah, cherish every moment, take videos, take pictures uh, with the kids and, and, and make, make it a priority to make fun, loving memories. Cause you know, life is good and bad and you take the ups and the downs, but hopefully if you do it right, there's more good than bad and more fun memories and loving memories than not. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I think I heard it from someone. I don't remember where, but they said you only have about 12 Christmases, right? Or you only have 12 Easter bunnies, right? That's like the only amount of time that you have before they grow up and, you know, they kind of grow Become out part of, it, of the world. Yeah. Right. And when you look at it from that perspective, it's, it's a very short amount of time. Yeah. I heard something similar in the same vein where it's, you, you pretty much spend, you spent 95% of their time with you by the time they're 18 years old. After that, it's the rest of their lives. It's, it's near zero. <laughs> sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad, but you know, <laughs> That's why you got to make the most of it when they're still young. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Calvin, for being on our special episode for Father's Great. Day. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks uh, for having me on. And I wish everyone the very best Father's Days and more future ones to come. Yes. Okay. Hey, Rob, thanks for being on uh, the podcast. Absolutely, Ray. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, you know, we did a an episode about uh, mothers on Mother's Day. And so we thought that, you know, Father's Day would be, you know, a good opportunity for us to bring on a couple dads to talk a little bit about being a dad. You know, so I was wondering if you could just kind of start with, you know, what was it like finding out when you were going to be a dad for the first time? Well, that's a loaded question for me. Uh, <laughs> well, we tried to have children for two years unsuccessfully doing all the fertility treatments and uh, eventually we did IVF. And so once we found out we were pregnant or Hillary, my wife was pregnant, uh, it was, it was a sense of relief almost, um, wow. you know, it wasn't a surprise. I mean, it was surprise, but it was like a, a, a sense of relief surprise after mm -hmm. struggling and seeing my wife uh, go through all those emotions and mm. uh, ups and downs. And, you know, for me, I, I knew that we would figure it out if we didn't have children, but I, I did want it, but I didn't know how much I needed it mm. until it happened. You know, like, like any parent, I think um, you, you look back to your life before children, your life after children, and it, everything changes, everything, mm. just the way you look at life the way you look at yourself, the way you look at other people, it, it, it changes everything. At least it did for me, I guess. I can't say it does for everybody, but most parents I think I talk to have this, you know, sense, uh, or, and I don't know, maybe, maybe the struggle is where I, I build some of that from and have some of that from like, I, we tried really hard. We put a lot of money into it. We, a time, energy, emotion. And then once, there were some fruits that labor, uh, we were, we were overwhelmed, but also to add to it, we found out we were having twins. <laughs> we only wanted two children to begin with at most. So we got two for one and that it was a little overwhelming too, from trying to have one to going to two, um, and to prepare for two, 
but now I look back, like at the beginning, it was really difficult because of the that dynamic. But it actually is working for us later in life because they have a built-in playmate and um, a little. They're getting a little socialized with each other. They're the same age. They have some of the same friends. They do some of the same things, but they're also starting to diverge and become their own people too. Did you find out you were having twins right away, or was that a surprise later? Well, in the IVF process, they ask you how many embryos you want to implant. They're fertilized embryos. They implant them. But let me tell you, after two years of trying and doing all the things to get pregnant, you're pretty jaded by the time you get to this point. Doctors are like, we're like, what do you guys recommend? Like, and we only had three. So we're like, well, let's go with the greater odds to start. So let's mm. do two. Oh, I mean, wow. You know, we never thought that two would take. Uh, it, yeah. it just wasn't like, you know, we never thought the odds were in our favor this whole time. And then, and then they tell us that <laughs> their twins were like, oh my God, <laughs> they both took, <laughs> oh, what a blessing, but also, oh crap. <laughs> what was that like, uh, you know, on their birthday? Um, well, which one? Um, <laughs> so it, when you know when they were born what was that experience on, like on the actual state the day birth, yeah. that day that birthday uh all right so that was a that was actually a crazy day because my wife had preeclampsia and she was she was very very bloated uh you know had like the flintstone feet like couldn't get out of a, a rocking chair i mean we were at the end of the second trimester at this point and wow. it, she was already on the struggle bus like she couldn't get up on her own i had to help her up and so she was having um some bleeding happen and so we took her to the hospital and there was a lot and you know i stayed there overnight with her the first night in the hospital they had all the uh, heart rate monitors on her belly to make sure that everything was okay and they were on alarm so if anything went out of whack uh, the nurses rushed in so we went through the night, terrible night of sleep, of course. And, um, you know, at like five in the morning, they come in they're like, yeah, we think, we think she's good. She's stable. I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to go home and change and go to work. Cause we didn't think anything of it. <laughs> so I get home, I am brushing my teeth and uh, doing my hair real quick. And I get the call, Rob, I'm in labor. Get, get here now. Like, like I'm wow. in the OR like now I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, I was just there. They said it was okay. So I am, I've never driven that crazy before. <laughs> there, it was, I, I was driving. I'm like, I'm getting there as fast as I can. I don't care if I was driving the shoulder or whatever. I like, I am, I, 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 I there was no reasoning. It was like straight flight, fight or flight, amygdala firing. I got a caveman. I got to get there. Got to get there. Got to get there. Go, 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 go. So I'm, I'm I get there. I'm running in. They, I, I scrub in They're like, dad's here. Ah, <laughs> we can go. All right. So I get in there and, and then we go. And, um, you know, I, it was, it was emergency C-section and wow. we, they had to get them out. Like, and, and if I didn't show up there within a few minutes, they were going to cut them out anyways, cause it was, they needed to come out. So then I'm in the OR, my wife is screaming and you know, <laughs> the anesthesiologist, like, can you feel anything? She's like, no. And then they start taking her like, ah, they're like, are you sure you can't feel anything? She's like, it's fine. Uh, uh. It, it didn't sound like she couldn't feel anything. Um, 
and you know i can't see anything because i'm behind a drape so all i have is her head right. and the anesthesiologist right next to me and <laughs> uh so it was a wild moment to be in there um and and i always thought there would just be like a doctor and a nurse no it was like probably five nurses and doctor and the anesthesiologist behind the curtain i mean there were so many people in there i couldn't believe it uh and then one came out and it what seemed like 10 minutes which is really probably only about a minute um the other one came out and that was when everything changed. It was, it was, it was wild. And then the first 24 hours was another roller coaster because uh, Emerson had some heart issues starting out. So everyone, the, they both went in the NICU straight away because they were uh, seven weeks, six weeks early or very early. Their due date was uh, Christmas Eve and they were born on October 7th. So oh, wow. that, okay. that gives you an idea. They were just over two pounds each. Yeah. Um, so uh, they fit in the palm of my hand. <laughs> wow. um, their whole entire finger wrapped around my pinky nail or their whole entire hand wrapped around my pinky nail. That's how small they were. They fit in dolls clothes. Like we literally for Halloween bought them dolls clothes and they wore them. <laughs> That's how small they were literally a doll. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, that first 24 hours was rough. Cause even the, uh, Emerson had to have an emergency heart procedure. And the first time that we got to go down and see her after the birth, she, uh, we, it was in the middle of the night and the Nikki was pitch black and there were probably six doctors swarmed around our daughter screaming and yelling i need this i need that like it it was scary and that was the first time we were going down to see him and um in the when the one doctor came out and i could hear the nervousness in his in his voice like talking to us and that that, that yeah. made us very nervous of course as wow. it would anyone but you know he was he did a good job of keeping together and we got to talk to him afterwards and he was sounding like a totally different person but um, you know, I knew that that first 24 hours was, was terrifying, uh, from a parent's perspective, uh, cause we, we could have lost one of our children, um, mm -hmm. and one would be too many, obviously, uh, luckily she pulled through though. So that was, that was great. And, but then you got months, two months in the NICU and we lived a good 40 minutes from 35, 40 minutes from that NICU in Park Ridge going to Wakanda. Luckily, mm -hmm. my office that I work at is in Riverwoods, Deerfield. So mm -hmm. just down the road. So I was able to go there at lunch and check in. But yeah, uh, mad respect for all the NICU nurses and doctors and uh, so much appreciation for them. And yeah, they really care and um, their work matters greatly, deeply. So that initial sense of relief was a little uh, presumptuous of you, right? Because, you know, starting out as, you know, with fatherhood, it was, it was just all chaos. And I imagine a lot of mixed emotions that you're going through, ups and downs and worry and fear. Yeah. So <laughs> during, to, well, there's a lot, a lot to unpack here, right? <laughs> but yeah. So the, from that emotional standpoint and what I was feeling and going through, I, to, about what is it two months before they were born i actually quit drinking um because i was spiraling out of control personally so i'm there trying to figure out my own issues and demons um dealing with not drinking alcohol and then <laughs> then these two children come in thank god i did quit and i 
I, my rock yeah. bottom was very high. Uh, but think, think, thankfully I did quit because I don't know how I would have handled this whole situation if I had alcohol, mm-hmm. cause that crutch would have been leaned on heavily. And, um, yeah, but you know, I also leaned into food. We were eating tons of fast food and like, you know, you're, you're, you're just in survival mode. You're doing whatever you need to do. And people did make mm-hmm. us meals and stuff. It was very kind to them, but, um, yeah, ultimately you're living on fast food and not treating yourself too well. But I was just white knuckling at that point, you know, <laughs> between work, the kids and ma- managing things as a unit together with my wife and yeah, battling my own stuff, my own stuff. Um, but those children, I, I always say those children saved my life. Um, yeah. my marriage, um, it got me to get my act together, uh, in more ways than one. So, and it was a, it was a, waterfall effect yeah talk about a sense of powerlessness right i mean that's the the ultimate powerlessness just kind of standing and watching your kids you know and hoping for the best and then also kind of gripping on to this new change in in your life that's that had to be quite a transformational period for you at that time yeah it was 100 percent transformational and yeah, I didn't feel it in the, in the moment, but like most people that go through things like this, um, you know, it's a lot of, it's at the beginning, it's a lot of big change. Uh, and then once you get used to that, it just becomes part of your life. And that's just what you do. It's like, I, you know, I don't do ballet. I don't drink, um, alcohol. Right. So mm-hmm. that it's just not something I do, but also like working out became part of my life. Yeah. Eating better quality foods most of the time. Um, but also learning to, uh, find balance with that too, because what a lot of people do is you go from one spectrum, one end of the spectrum to the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Um, so that, that was a learning experience too. And that's all this is, it's just an evolution. And I, that's all I try to be. I'm, I'm me against me. Um, and just trying to help my kids be better people and be better for them. And, show them a vulnerability that I make mistakes that I'm human and they can be too. And they can come to me with their issues and problems. And, um, again, it doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm far from it, but those little, little humans are a really big reflection in the mirror of yourself. And you really see a lot of your own BS that, <laughs> um, the, and they will call you out. They get older too. Like daddy, get off your phone. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I need that reminder. I heard you. I hear you. Well, let me put my phone away uh, and I'm aware of it and I get distracted by it. So, you know, it's those, those little things. Um, and I don't know, I, I, I like to be there and I know there, since we have twins and we decided that's all we wanted and all we were going to do with, I, I know this is it. And so I'm living in each moment, each age, and it doesn't mean I'm, again, it doesn't mean I'm perfect with it, but I, I do a, I do have a lot of intention around focusing on moments and capturing them and soaking them in and knowing that they're fleeting and going with the ups and downs of each stage and just, just going with the flow and and learning and growing with them. Yeah. That is awesome. What what has been your most memorable moments with your daughters? You know, it's funny. I had one, <laughs> there's a very recent one. So, uh, yeah, was it yesterday or two days ago, <laughs> two days ago, I let my daughters, uh, do my makeup 
and <laughs> I should say do makeup on me uh, and paint my nails, paint my toes. And it was, it was just random and genuine. I just and randomly, they were like looking at my fingers like, oh, we should paint your nails. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Like what? <laughs> and, there's, and, and the giggling and laughter and fun and just rolling with it. And they're like, daddy, what are you, what, <laughs> what are we, we going to do next? And blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my daddy's crazy and blah, blah. And I, they just had a great time. And I, I always remember that just the giggling, the noise, the laughter, the facial expressions, the just pure joy. Um, and sharing that with them, you know, there's, there's so many things I like to, I like, I'm a big experiences person. So, you know, going to museums and experiencing art and culture and exposing them to new things. Um, I find a lot of value in that just educationally and personally. And, um, I, I, so going downtown Chicago and it's just experiencing cultures, taking them to blues fest or to the art Institute or to the, um, Museum of Science and Industry, I, I, those experiences for even things like amusement parks, going to Six Flags Great America um, and doing those sorts of things with them and seeing joy, see, walking them through the different fears or questions and just making sure that they're inquisitive and asking things and um, fostering that for them. And, and for whatever reason, I really connect with that. And yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> And, and Rob, what advice would you give new fathers today? To be a father. Mm. Um, to, to be there for that person. Because there's a lot of dads out there. Um, and I think it's getting better. There's kind of this movement where this, this ma the masculinity is in owning the responsibility of being a parent and living in that especially i don't know especially as a girl dad maybe i maybe i feel like i need to prove some something and from a masculinity standpoint um but i just own it right um but for other fathers i, I would say it's it's showing up like you're you're a father by birthright but it doesn't mean you're a good father um mm. it doesn't mean you're actually present it doesn't mean that you care and there's always time no matter what age you're at there's always time to turn it around um so show up, be present, and you're going to make mistakes. And you should have a sense of fear and excitement at birth. I think that's a, a healthy balance. You shouldn't just be one or the other. I don't think that's realistic. Um, and, and there's a bond there with your, this child. So it's, it's one of those things that's hard to explain to someone that doesn't have a child, mm -hmm. but when you see that child that's of you, your DNA from you cut from your cloth and you look at that blob of flesh that's crying and needs food and you got to take care of them. Um, there's this burning fire of love instantly inside of you. Um, at least that's, that's what I, I felt at least. And most other fathers are like, Oh yeah, I'm not after the birth. They're like, wow, I know exactly what you're talking about now. Um, and you're right. I couldn't have, I couldn't have understood that before. And, and when you, and when you do that and see that, um, own it, like you're, you're bringing someone in the world, um, someone you need to show the way to make society better, your family better, your legacy better. And to, to do things differently than maybe your parents did too. 
and not in a bad way, not like they did anything wrong, but there's an understanding. There's also a, a certain appreciation for your parents. Once you become a parent yourself that you didn't have before where you're like, wow, I see all the sacrifices they made. This is hard. Um, I see all the things they did. I see maybe the things I saw in a negative light. I, I don't see the same way. Um, so there's a lot to unpack there, uh, as a, as a child looking at your parents when you're a parent and become a parent. That's fantastic. Rob, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. This actually, uh, I think it's very inspirational really, you know, and it sounds like your, your kids have been an inspiration for you in your life as well. Absolutely. Um, forever, forever changed me for the good. And uh, now we're going to share something really special with all of you. This is a phone call that I had with my dad. Uh, on his 85th on his birthday. On his 85th birthday. So this is, you know, <laughs> his Father's Day and also 85th birthday um, phone call. We actually sent him something, uh, you know, had it delivered and... Uh, He's quite a character, so you guys uh, hope you enjoy this. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I received uh, just a coffee cake with my coffee, and then they said, let me see. Oh, ice cream, my God! And then bourbon. Happy so, birthday, happy Father's uh, Day. See now you. <laughs> what what is your advice for dads on Father's Day? My advice is that uh, uh, be uh, be tolerant and uh, empathetic. You see. Uh, Empathetic, uh, then uh, they will be understanding. You see, when I came to U.S., so. I'm, con I'm confessing. When I came to U.S., I was slow, slow in acculturation. That means adjusting to the culture of uh, U.S. I didn't understand boyfriend, girlfriend, what is that? You know, in fact, when I was intern, one American intern told me, it's okay, ask the girl out or something like that. So, and then one time, and, and I, I was very 
rigid and I was I was very rigid and and then I I was I was ignorant I did not pick up the signal from the girls. You know, I was in emergency room one time, and there was an American uh, nurse, was, uh, beautiful, and she came and we were talking. She came, she said, I'll be off this weekend. Oh my God, I you didn't miss? pick it up. I didn't pick up that she's saying it. Yeah, oh. so you could have updated her. Yeah, I did not do it. Uh, as I said, uh, I was slow picking up the signal. And I was very slow. Slow, slow. You regret? Just, I'm just confessing, okay? Don't uh, say regret. Regret or what? I'm confessing. So, um, that's the, and then that's the story, you know, I had classmate uh, that uh, from Pakistan, there was one Pakistan uh, inter resident was so fast adjusting to the culture, Americanized. I was slow in Americanizing, accepting. Anyway, and then, and then, and that reflected on my treatment of you, uh, Ramin, okay? So I confess, uh, but uh, and that's past and I was, uh, anyway. So that's, uh, okay, that's a piece of confession, okay? Now, what do you want now? What do you want? You're supposed to give uh, your advice for fathers my father myself i uh, said tolerance everybody has shortcomings tolerance for each other's uh, shortcoming and empathetic empathize with the other person and don't uh, criticize is that as a father or a spouse? Huh? Is that as a father or a spouse? As a father, as a spouse also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you do. As father, when you empathize with the kids, then you uh, understand what's going on, what crisis they are going through, especially in uh, high school. When they enter in high school, the pressure, hormonal pressure, uh, pressure from peers, uh, everybody, there's a, a lot of pressure. But you see, uh, okay. That's it, okay? That's <laughs> Okay. So what else? That was my advice. Tolerance, empathetic. Okay? okay. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Happy birthday and happy oh, Father's Day. Thank you. And happy, 
Happy Father's Day, mm-hmm. your father, you know, yes. Yeah. And we want to thank you for joining us today on our special episode uh, for Father's Day. We want to thank you for joining us on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. You know, sharing stories is the way that human beings has been, have been bonding, healing, and growing since the beginning of time. And we hope that by these guys sharing their stories, it should enrich their lives and the lives of our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, Please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. <laughs>